Welcome to the Build a Life After Loss podcast, where we inspire those who have experienced loss to build a life of purpose and joy. Our aim is to encourage your hope in the future and strengthen your confidence. I'm your host, Julie Clough, life coach and certified grief recovery specialist. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 32, Dealing with Disappointment. Disappointment might seem a little lighter than loss, and and it is. You know, it, we're just coming off of Mother's Day, so I was just going to talk a little bit about that. But I, I want to first talk a little bit about the intro. You may have noticed that the intro has been changed just slightly, and I don't mention specifically, like I have in the past, mothers who have lost children know that that will always, always, always be near and dear to my heart. As a mother who has lost two children, who have had, has, who has had two children die, I am particularly, particularly mindful of other mothers who are experiencing that devastating loss. In fact, this past week, I was reading something about Mother's Day. Actually, it wasn't particularly about Mother's Day. It was just, it was, it was in a book I was reading. And it was, it was just this little blurb about how the connection between mothers and children. And that is certainly true. And certainly something that makes losing a child particularly difficult is because it is such a close relationship energetically, physically, emotionally, and in every way. So I I did change the intro just a little bit. I am hearing from so many people that listen to the podcast that haven't specifically lost children, but are learning and growing and appreciating what we're talking about here. So I wanted to be a little more inclusive. And so that's the reason, the reason for the change, not that I've taken my focus necessarily away from mothers who have lost children, but just that I want wanted to be a little more inclusive to all of us, to all of us that have experienced loss and have experienced grief and all that goes with that. And the the need for better understanding about grief. Several times over the last week, I've had the opportunity to talk to an audience. And one of the things that I often bring up is that grief is something we don't want to look at. It's something we, we want to completely avoid. And, and when we're not in grief, it's a subject we don't want to talk about. It's a subject we don't want to hear about. But then when something happens and we find ourselves in that position where we're grieving, we're in a panic because we have no idea. We have no idea what to expect. We have no idea how to handle grief. We, we, we don't know anything about it because we've spent so long avoiding it and not wanting it to be in our sphere, not wanting it to be a part of our conversation, not wanting it to be a part of, of anything that we're learning or that we're talking about. And so then when we get in this situation where we experience a loss and it's just so devastating and we find ourselves, we find ourselves experiencing that, that heavy emotion of grief, we panic and we don't know what to do. And we think there's something wrong with us. And we especially think there's something wrong with us 
if it lasts longer than we think it should. And that amount of time will be different for every person and for every experience. But we have this inner clock that goes and and maybe we give ourselves, depending on the loss, I mean, we may give ourselves a half a day and say, okay, time to pull up our bootstraps and move on. Or we may give ourselves a year and say, okay, this is it, you know, no more, no more grief. And uh, we kind of get into trouble a little bit because, because we, we haven't learned the skills to process our grief. And then we have a predetermined time where we decide, okay, it's done. And then because we haven't processed it, and then we say it's done, then we are forced to, to just kind of shove it down. And then the grief just lives in ourselves and it just, it can consume us. It really can. And, and maybe you've had that experience. Maybe you, maybe you feel like you're being consumed by grief. Maybe that that's your experience right now. And certainly, certainly in that raw grief, it can feel like you're being consumed by grief. And I, I, my heart goes out to you. I, I sincerely, my heart goes out to you. And especially where we just, just this past weekend was Mother's Day. That can have, that can bring up all kinds of memories and thoughts and feelings. Uh, whether I, I probably whether you're a, a father or or a or a mother or or a child, you know, some people have lost their mother, and so Mother's Day is hard because they want to be able to celebrate their mother. Other others have lost children, like myself, and so Mother's Day can be triggering because of that. Other people who want to have children and haven't been able to have children, you know, they experience the disappointment of, and the, the angst, the angst of Mother's Day. I did a TV spot for Park City TV yesterday morning, actually, when this is being recorded, it's not even Mother's Day yet, but I'm recording this before. And I, I did this TV spot yesterday and that's what we talked about. I, I told briefly, I told my story, but, and we talked about how difficult Mother's Day can be for people because of the expectations and the kind of the weight of it, the weight of it. Cause we feel like if we're not, if we're not the perfect mother, then maybe we shouldn't be celebrated. Or if our family doesn't show up, the way we think that they should show up, you know, at, at the precise time with breakfast in bed or whatever it is, our expectation is that they're going to, they're going to gather around us and, and rub our feet. And, or if we're missing, if we're missing a child who has died, wow. I mean that, you know, Mother's Day can be very, very heavy because my kids died on Mother's Day. And actually, this week just in general just has a lot of weight for me my my twin brothers um their birthday is may 7th and uh, one of my twin brothers is the one that passed away by suicide many years ago so it's his birthday this week uh it was great to talk to my brother who is alive and well and and doing great and we had a good conversation on his birthday which was which was fun but you know, remembering, remembering uh, my brother, John, and 
all that we've missed out on over the years because he's no longer with us. And then the accident happened on Mother's Day. And and Mother's Day that year was May 13th. So in a lot of ways, I feel like the anniversary of the accident is two days. The Mother's Day feels like the anniversary of the accident and the 13th feels like the anniversary of the accident. Honestly, for me though, I feel like Mother's Day is really the anniversary of the accident, even though it falls on a different day every year. It doesn't fall on the 13th every year. This past week, of course, Mother's Day fell on the 12th, which also happens to be my birthday. I know it's crazy, isn't it? So my birthday is the 12th. Mother's, you know, Mother's Day was on the 12th this year and the 13th is the anniversary of the accident. So a lot going on. So I've had these, these rounds of sadness this week and feeling low energy. And then I've had moments of excitement and, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited because, because I've been able to share so much this week because I spoke at a conference last week, because I, I was on Park City Radio, uh, TV this week. I, I did a couple of podcast interviews actually last month that are airing this week. And so those are coming out. So that part really is exciting for me. It's exciting to be able to offer to people that there is hope that what they're feeling today isn't necessarily how they are going to feel a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, or even next week. We all have had those times, whether it's connected to, to the death of a loved one, or it's connected to just a disappointment. We've all had those dark times where we go to bed and, and this is a, you know, maybe a, a lesser event, but we, we go to bed feeling heavy and dark and like the world has come to an end and we, we don't know. It just, there's so much drama in our head and we go to bed and we sleep and the next morning it's like a brand new day. And we, we can't even believe that we felt so dark, so disappointed, so heavy the night before because starting a new day, we see the the possibilities. We see that things weren't quite as bad as we thought. Even, even when it's a really difficult time, like the death of a loved one, there comes a time when the heaviness and the darkness lifts. And especially if we can learn tools and we can learn to process our grief and to to be accepting of our grief and not so resistant. You know, we resist everything. So we resist, we resist the grief, but we also resist happiness when it introduces itself in the middle of our grief. I I can remember so many times when, when I was grieving the, the death of my brother or when I was grieving the death of my children, or even when I was grieving the end of a marriage, you know, many years ago, there were times during that, during that time when I was experiencing grief that I also was experiencing happiness and I felt myself resisting it. It's like the darkness was trying to take over even those, those happy moments. And I was resisting it because I was thinking I didn't deserve to feel happy or I shouldn't 
feel happy right now because this, this, and this happened. This horrible thing happened. So therefore I shouldn't feel happy. And so we resist, we resist and we resist. And the resistance doesn't allow us to process our grief and doesn't allow us to reintroduce happiness. So I, I really feel like it's just so important that we, we stop the resistance. We stop straight arming. We start, stop straight arming the happiness. We stop panicking because of the grief. When we moved to Kentucky, you know, my kids died when we were living in Texas and we were there for another four years. And then we moved to Kentucky. And when we moved to Kentucky, we moved far away from their graves. We moved far away from friends that knew them, that, that were willing to talk to me about my kids that were, that I would share stories with and, and were there for me, you know, during my grief and so forth. And so we moved away and I felt the heaviness of that loss of that place. I felt the heaviness of the loss of my friends. I felt the heaviness of the loss of those experiences and those, those things that I enjoyed so much about where I lived in Texas, um, the loss of my, my tennis team that was so, to me was just such a light in my life during that time to have that kind of outlet, to have those friends that, you know, we rallied around each other in a common goal of, of winning a match, which sounds you know, not that important, but honestly at the time was, was super important. was, was a, it was an outlet. It was a tremendous outlet for me. And so I felt this disappointment. I felt this grief all over again when I moved to Kentucky. And I remember feeling fearful, fearful that the dark, dark, darkness that I had felt a few years before was going to return, that I was going to go right back into that place. And looking back now, I realized, and even at the time, as things, as, as time went on and I started to deal with that grief and that loss, the fear was unnecessary. The fear was unnecessary. I could have just accepted that I was going through another loss and that I was grieving these changes and that was okay. And to be able to sit with that and be okay with it. And that's something that I wish that I could have done at the time. And I am getting much better at when I feel disappointment, when I feel grief, when I feel loss, when I feel sorrow or sadness, I'm much better at allowing it. And when we allow it, the emotion can actually move through us the way it's meant to. It's meant to move through us, move through and on. So it's an important skill. I think it's an important skill to learn how to deal with loss and how to deal with disappointment. And it's a skill, and when we learn it, it's a skill that we can take with us the rest of our life because regardless of whatever losses we've experienced up to this point in our life, the truth is it's not the end. It's not the end of experiencing loss. It's not the end of experiencing disappointment. This is something that's just, it's a part of life. It's a part of our human experience. It's a part, it's a part of life. Too often when something, when we do experience disappointment, especially if we're disappointed in ourselves, especially if we can see a way that we could have avoided the disappointment. And that's pretty frequent. I think anytime we receive, when Anytime we experience disappointment, frequently 
we pin it on ourselves. We'd say, oh, if I had just done this, if I had said this, if this had happened, if that had happened, it wouldn't have happened. If I had been a better person, if I had responded better, if I had whatever it is. So often we, we pin the disappointment on ourselves, and we think, we think something has gone wrong and that it means that we are less than. And it's okay to look at a disappointment. And I mean, I frankly, if, if something happens and I feel disappointment, I will look at my part in it for sure. For sure. I, I always want to look at my part in it, but not in a way of berating myself, but in a way of improvement. What could I do differently next time? Is there something that I could have done differently next time? And I'm talking specifically about disappointment, disappointment that we experience on a regular basis, disappointment that we experience from one week to the next. And the reason this came up in my mind is because of Mother's Day. I think so many of us come away from Mother's Day and we feel disappointed. We feel disappointed that it didn't go the way we expected or we didn't respond the way we wanted to. There's a myriad of reasons or we're disappointed because of our own part in Mother's Day not going the way it was supposed to. And when that happens, we we might think that we're less than, that we will never measure up, that we'll never measure up, that we will never be, that we will never be the mother that we wanted to be, that we will never, never have the experience that we want to have, that, that our family will never appreciate us. You know, these thoughts go on and on and on. To me, the most important thing is to drop all those thoughts, to recognize the disappointment, to feel that disappointment, but then to be a little more rational about our thoughts and ask better questions. So instead of, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get my act together? We say, what, what could I do differently? Is there something, is there a different way that I could look at this? I consider myself a grief and transformation coach. And so what does that mean? So the grief part is pretty self-explanatory, although you may go, what, what do you do as a grief coach? But really as a grief coach, I, I walk people through, I help them process. I help them to, to process the grief, to process the loss that they've experienced so that they can lessen their pain and they can experience less loneliness and really be able to talk through the process with somebody. As a transformation coach, and they go hand in hand as a transformation coach, it's like, how do we get from where we are right now to where we want to be? And part of that is understanding grief. A part of that is under getting the skills and the tools to, to deal with our grief so that we can and I'm not going to say move on. So often we hear the word move on. We don't move on. So we're not moving on from the person. We want to be able to enjoy our memories. We want to be able to have happiness in those memories, to experience those feelings and not have every memory that we have of that person, whether it was a previously a happy memory or a sad memory. We want, we want the memory, if it was a happy memory, to be a happy memory. But then it's, how do we get from here to there? So there's, it's one thing to process our grief and our sadness and our sorrow. And it's a whole nother thing to rebuild. 
and to figure out what do we want next? What does our life look like from here? Because we know that we are different people. We are different people because of our loss. And that is totally okay. It's actually a beautiful thing. We've expanded. We have grown. We have learned things we would have never learned any other way. And it's, it's an amazing thing in so many ways. So how do we take that growth? How do we take that learning and move into the next phase of our life? This is a process I love being a part of. I love working with people and I I know that I've experienced so much transformation from working with my coaches and I, I just love being on both sides of it. It's, it's really a fantastic thing. As I've thought about disappointment and I've thought about like the experience of anticipating Mother's Day, you know, that's another thing we do is when, when a date like that comes up, we start to tense and we start to go, okay, what's going to happen? What am I going to experience? And we, we get some anxiety over that. A certain part of that is to be expected, I think. But what if we could just allow? What if we could just allow ourselves to show up how we're going to show up and be okay with it and be okay with however things happen? So as we think about like a Mother's Day, So here are some of the things that we can do in anticipation is we can communicate expectations. We, we hear this so much, right? To, to communicate. If we, if we don't tell somebody they can't read our mind, there's no way of anybody knowing what we expect if we don't tell them. But I, I often refer to this as the Oprah syndrome or the talk show syndrome. And that is that I remember being told over and over and over again, communicate expectations. They can't read your mind, communicate it. And that's all well and good, except that when I communicated those expectations and it still didn't happen, I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? So then I would make this mean some horrible thing. Well, obviously, if they didn't do what I expected and what I communicated, then that means they don't love me or that means that I'm not worthy. I'm not worth it. I'm a horrible person, whatever we can, we can blow it all out of proportion. So communicate expectations, but the trick is to not expect anything. So we communicate the expectation and then we're happy when it happens and we don't make it mean anything if it doesn't. And that's the tricky part, but it's so worth it to, to learn to communicate the expectation, but not to make it mean some horrible thing if the expectation isn't, if what we've communicated doesn't come forward. The other thing that I feel like we can do, and this this happened after, on the first anniversary after the kids died, on that very first Mother's Days after they died, my girls were out at college and they came home and surprised us. They surprised uh, Ron and I for that Mother's Day weekend, because it was the anniversary of the accident. It was Mother's Day, all all of it. And it completely changed my perspective. It was, it was a miracle. It really was a miracle. I, I go through Mother's Day and it's just fine. Yes, I feel sadness, but I also feel a lot of joy. I, I feel so much appreciation for my family that's here, appreciation to have been carrying David's mother. I really believe, I I really believe that people don't die before their time. 
And you may or may not believe that, but I really do believe that. And so if it was their time, if we have any kind of say in what happens in this life before this life, and this is a, maybe this is a new concept to you, but for me, if, if in my previous life, if in my previous experience, before I came to to the earth, I had any say in what was going to happen, I would much rather have, have said yes to being their mother and losing them when I did than not having been their mother at all. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for those eight years that I had with David and those 10 years that I had with Carrie and everything that I learned from them and the people that they are and were. I'm grateful for them. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, wanted to have missed out on that opportunity because they were only going to be here eight years. They were only going to be here 10 years. So I've, I've found a way to kind of reframe and refocus. So I, I try, I try during that time to, and it's not, it's not a like forcing myself. It's not a a forced situation. It's a, it's a quiet refocus. It's a quiet refocus to, to the family that I have here and how grateful I am for them and how grateful I am to spend that time with them. If we, if we don't learn anything else from death, it's that life is short and to appreciate the people that we have around us. And, and then I just try to sink into that gratitude to, to feel that gratitude at a physical level. Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt so grateful for some, for somebody or something that you could, you could feel your chest expand? I want to have that experience every day. I want to be able to feel gratitude in my bones. I want to be able to feel it in my chest. I want to be able to feel it in my being. And I think that's possible. Gratitude is one of the highest frequencies we can experience. And so if we're feeling true gratitude, we're going to feel this expansion. We're going to feel this high vibration. So again, we're talking about some of those day-to-day disappointments that we might experience, or maybe even the disappointment that you felt over the weekend during Mother's Day. Maybe you felt some disappointment during Mother's Day. So just to recap, the first thing that we can do is we can communicate our expectations, but then we have to drop the expectation. We, we can communicate what we'd like to see happen, but then it's important not to hold on to expectation, to just be excited when anything that we expect, when anything that we've communicated does happen. Just be excited about it. And the next thing we can do is to reframe or refocus what are we focusing on? Can we focus on something that will feel better, that will help us to to reframe our thoughts around a situation? And the next thing is to, to really hold gratitude, to hold it where you can feel it, where you can feel it in your being, to find those things to be grateful for and hold on to that. Thanks so much for joining me today. I love talking to you. I so appreciate you being here. And I hope that if you haven't already, that you'll subscribe to the podcast and that you'll tell your friends about it. And 
Again, I love to hear from you. So reach out to me at uh, Julie at Build a Life After Loss. Tell me your story. I want to hear your story. And let me know if you'd like to, to chat. Uh, I'm available to, to have a conversation with you. And we can take a look at where you are now and where you want to be. It'll be a great conversation. Anyway, thanks again for joining me. Remember, I love you. I believe in you. I know there's healing ahead. Have a wonderful week.